the audio invasion continues. In this corner with Brian Campbell is back and it's ready to invade all five of your senses with another lethal dose of that performance enhancing audio. You know it, you love it. It's the Brian Campbell coming at you with a bonus interview edition this time as I had the pleasure of sitting down with former WWE superstar Kevin Kylie Jr. You knew him as Alex Riley, well now he's an aspiring actor who will talk about his role in the red hot Netflix original series Glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling. A-Rai will also take us back to his days on top in WWE, what it was like to main event WrestleMania 27 in 2011, and just how grueling that life on the road is for a WWE superstar. Kylie also talks about the backstage politics that detoured his rise to the top and really breaks down how pro wrestling and WWE prepared him perfectly for the transition in his new career of acting. Before we welcome in our guest of the week, WWE style, I want to share the mission statement on In This Corner one more time with you. It's really simple, folks. We want you to want me. Yes, if you like what you hear, if you see something, well, it's time to say something. Only takes a minute. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review. Hey, send us a shout-out on social media using that hashtag, In This Corner. Be sure to check out what really was another loaded week of podcasts, including our This Week in WWE show with Nick Costas and Adam Silverstein, and a pair of boxing episodes as Ray Bartholomew joined me to preview Manny Pacquiao's return this Saturday, and a sit-down with Gennady Golovkin promoter Tom Loeffler as he shares and looks back at the five-year journey that was the making of Triple G ahead of his September 16th super fight with Canelo Alvarez. But without further ado, let's slide on into the DMs of old A-Rye himself. Kevin Kiley Jr. is coming your way. Enjoy. In this corner with Brian Campbell, pleased to welcome our guest of the week. You knew him in WWE as Alex Riley, of course. You're going to get to know a lot more of him as his acting career continues to take off. We're talking about Kevin Kiley Jr. But, Kevin, I can't lie to you, man. You're always going to be A-Ride to me. It's for better or worse. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Thanks for joining us, man. How's everything going? It's going great, and I will always be A-Ride to you, and I think uh, a select few of people, and I have no problem with that. Um, it was uh, certainly a very a very proud time in my life and I'm very happy with the work I did with WWE. So it's, it's, it's endearing. I appreciate the, uh, the, the blast to the past. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, you know, <laughs> with, with any actor and as a WWE performer, superstar, you're an actor, you sort of can get typecast right in a really good role that hits, but you got a new series that we really want to talk about. It's the original Netflix series glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Of course, it debuted last week, June 23rd, the whole first season available on Netflix and, I'm excited to talk to you about it. It's getting incredible reviews. I mean, it's it's taken off more than than I even thought. I want to just hit you up real quick on this. I hear sure. about this. I pop because in the 80s, what did, what was glow to me? It sort of mixed my two favorite things, right? A, a burgeoning love affair <laughs> with women and, and pro wrestling. Sure. So I had the magazines. I pop. I first find out this series, you know, isn't a direct let's say, documentary or portrayal of it, I got a little bit down. But after, you know, watching a couple of the episodes, man, this is top-quality stuff. It, it won me back over. How tied into the original product were you, you know, going back to the 80s in, in your original fandom? You know, I was, uh, what was I? I was born in 1981, so uh, my memory is a bit hazy on the specifics of it. Um, but I did, I did go back and watch the uh, Netflix, actually, uh, in the process of making it, put out a, an excellent documentary about the original um, ladies, the glow, the gorgeous ladies of, uh, of wrestling. And, uh, but, but it was certainly a part of, uh, you know, I watched everything. I, I watched uh, WWF at the time. 
um, that, that ended up turning into WWE, and I was honored to be a part of WWE. I watched uh, AWA. Uh, my father uh, was good friends with Greg Gagne in college. Uh, Vern and Greg would come over to the house. Uh, I watched gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of, uh, of wrestling, the NFL. Uh, so I was, I was into all of it. They, uh, they put out an amazing product, um, as you said. They were, uh, you know, it, it was groundbreaking for what it did for women um, on a sports level, uh, on a performing level in Hollywood. Um, and that's what you get to see really um, in this series uh, that Genji Cohen put together and a lot of brilliant people over at Netflix is uh, it's not strictly a documentary, but as you said, it's better. It's, it's, a, uh, it's an episodic drama. Um, Genji Cohen has done uh, Orange is the New Black, Weeds, uh, the director I worked with was a guy by the name of Phil Abraham. He's done The Sopranos, Mad Men. So this is the top of Hollywood here. And they, uh, they took what was basically a, uh, like I said, a groundbreaking show for, for women and women in sports entertainment. And they added a lot of, to the entertainment side, really. Right. Uh, it's, it's fictional stories uh, of, um, you know, these women that, that really were trying to not only make it in Hollywood, but make it uh, by putting out a product that, that few thought would ever succeed. And they did succeed on, on a massive, massive level. And uh, in the process, it came up with a, uh, a character that I could play and, and, uh, and, and, and put my, uh, you know, my teeth into and really, really dive into the character. So I'm, I'm blessed, man. It was a great way to start in Hollywood. Well, I think what caught me in sort of, you know, raising my expectations watching the pilot episode was, like I said, just how good it was, just how funny it was. And certainly you got names, you know, you have Allison Brie of Community, Mad Men fame. You got comedian Mark Maron. A lot of, a lot of people, of course, you know, listen to his podcast, know him. But the, the ability to capture sort of that, that time frame, you know, the, the heart of the 1980s right there and really sort of put forth an entertainment product almost separate from the actual, you know, wrestling topic that they're talking about. Uh, you know, I was really overjoyed to see how good it was. When we talk about sort of your involvement in there, the character you play, Steel Horse, how did this relationship come together? Uh, well, really what happened was I, uh, you know, after 10 years with the WWE, we decided to part ways. And uh, I was trying to uh, it's always really been a dream of mine brian to try acting of course um you know you get into the wwe and you see guys like the rock uh you know taking on hollywood of course uh hulk hogan a a there there's a there's a select few people uh that were part of the wwe uh rowdy piper who, who who got into some acting himself all these people are big influences of mine coming up um not only watching them on tv when i was younger but then being able to work with them i mean having an opportunity to work with rock as a part of the WWE and, and, and watching everything that he's done to, to further the WWE brand and, and bring all of those people over to Hollywood. Uh, he's had a tremendous amount of su success. He's proven that it can be done. So of course, as a, as a professional wrestler, you know, that that's really the end game. I would think if anybody wants to try to take it as far as they can, they, they would follow in those footsteps with, which I certainly wanted to give a shot. Uh, so after 10 years, with the WWE, I was I was very fortunate to right away uh, have a have a manager, a Hollywood manager, agent type of uh, type of representative contact me and 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 was a, a fan of some of the work that I had done. Thought I had some talent, and uh, I believe it was the second thing he ever submitted me for was uh, the the timing was perfect because uh, Netflix was coming out with a show. They were in the just getting started filming it, uh, the the first episode, and they needed a guy to play this character steel horse in which they auditioned everybody in hollywood 
uh, that that could get an audition for it on top of obviously they wanted to look at wrestlers uh, because it is a wrestling show and, and there were some things that I needed to do or Steel Horse needs to do in the ring uh, and they needed to be believable as a professional wrestler. So uh, I sent a tape in from Tampa and uh, I heard back that evening that I that I was uh, wanted for the part and I needed to be in Hollywood. I'll never forget it. Uh, my manager tells me that I need to be in Hollywood in five days. Uh, so I threw everything that I had in the back of a, of a truck and, uh, and headed West and, 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 and decided that I was just going to, uh, this was the time to go for it. And I was just going to go for it. So it's been a tremendous, yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is like you sort of, um, you know, trying out the American dream for the third time, right? Like you, 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 you played big time college football at Boston College. You played in the, you know, like you say, cup of coffee in the CFL. I've heard you describe it as you, yeah. you, you transition to wrestling. You go through that. You get to some big heights. Now you're sort of starting at ground zero in a whole new field. Did it sort of feel like starting over like, like the very beginning, just, you know, going all in on something, if you will? Yeah, yeah it, 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 abs- it absolutely is. It's, um, it was certainly... You know, I wouldn't call it scary because um, I've done a lot of scary things uh, in, in my life at, at this point and certainly gotten to, you know, almost it seems like the cusp of really, ma- I don't know what people want to describe it, making it huge or or uh, I, I've had a lot of success in, in what I've chosen to do. And I, and I certainly feel very blessed. Uh, I had a great career with the WWE. What, was I ever a WWE champion? No. Would I have loved to have been? Absolutely. Do I think I could have been? Absolutely. What the cards didn't fall uh, the way I had liked. Um, that being said, it it opened this door to try something that I, I mean I I don't know, and I don't want to speak for for everybody, but I, I would imagine that everybody in their life kind of it crosses their mind to want to do some acting. I would think maybe, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, certainly a very appealing job. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, I just feel fortunate to have been given the opportunity to try these things. And I, and I do work very, very hard. Uh, but a lot of people work very hard. I, I've been very fortunate, um, to just have, to have these doors open up. And when they did, I, I was prepared enough and I was, uh, you know, um, a good enough candidate to walk through the door and have some success. So, so I, sure. I'm not complaining about anything. What do you like about the specific character you played, Steel Horse, in this? And to let the people know, you're wearing you're wearing jeans and a white t-shirt. You're driving to the ring on a motorcycle. I mean, this is a pretty badass dude, right? How, what did you like about what, what the depth of this character in stepping into that? Yeah, he's he is a he is a bad dude. I couldn't. <laughs> they they describe him to me as um, you know, the the ultimate babyface. The most popular wrestler, uh, male wrestler that is going to appear on uh, on Glow in the first season. So when I got the character breakdown, I was I was immediately excited. Uh, who wouldn't want to be that guy? Uh, you know, and you're going to they, they asked if I could ride a motorcycle, uh, which at the time I could not. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm immediately uh, driving to to get to get motorcycle lessons <laughs> and, and, and try to figure out how far I can actually get this thing down this ramp uh without a license you know yeah like and you're like that's also taker's gimmick there might be some infringement there right yeah. i gotta yeah so and i get an opportunity to take a motorcycle you know maybe i can get one with the wwe but now i get to get one on netflix so it was it was really like just a you know it, it was perfect timing because i could immediately sink my teeth into it the depth of steel horse was uh you know in the ring he was a professional wrestler but outside, he was, uh, you know, he's, a, he's just, a, he's not a caricature. He, he becomes a normal person, which I hadn't had an opportunity to really dive into 
um, and play something like that. As you know, WWE is, uh, it's, it's just, a, it's exaggerated, you know, is the best way to say it. The characters are exaggerated. They're brilliant characters and they, and they certainly, uh, they draw a lot, a lot of money and a huge fan base, but they are exaggerated. And, and with Steel Horse, uh, in there's a locker room scene, and, and I got to relate to uh, Betty Gilpin's character on a real human level. Uh, and I don't want to give up too much away, but describing, um, you know, the parallels between real human relationships and what it takes to put that stuff aside and do your job when uh, push comes to shove. That you don't need to like the people that you work with to get the job done. And most oftentimes, it, it, to steal horses, uh, with steal horses' opinion, that it's better if you don't like the person. Uh, so taking on that challenge and that and that script right away and the the dialogue in that script, I remember, you know, they send you aside to audition and it's maybe a paragraph, a paragraph or two at the most. And this was, that was a good five pages of material. So <laughs> it was hit the ground running and, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm proud of the work. I hope they are. Uh, I, I, Netflix put a lot of faith in me. Uh, it earned me a SAG card right away, uh, which there you is go. Uh, health benefits, right? You got something out of that. Yeah. It's a hard thing to get. And, uh, I just, you know, everybody that put faith in me to do the job, my manager included, I, I, I just wanted to prove them right. Uh, when they, when they stuck their neck out for me and said, this is our guy. So uh, I think I did that. Well, this, this series, uh, you know, you, you not to give away too much, but I know the fans can expect to see a lot of wrestling, you know, pr uh, let's say drop-ins here and there, you know, for, yeah. from, from well-known cameos, indie cameos, that, that, cameos, cameo. <laughs> the proper word there for, you know, former WWE guys to, to well-known indie guys. I've seen you in, in episode five for any fans that just, just want to get their Alex Riley, Kevin Kiley yeah. fix right away. <laughs> what do you get a sense of, of of the show's future outside of one season and your future with the show, you know, as early as it is right now, a week after the launch. So uh, right now, I don't think it could be going any better. Um, I hate to say that knock on wood, obviously, but it's a, they had a lot of, um, they had a lot of hope for the show. They certainly, you know, when you run down the, the list of people that, you know, created the show and, and are a part of the show, it's some, it's some heavy hitters in Hollywood on top of being attached to Netflix and the way they market it. I mean, there, there's, there's billboards up all around here. They put a lot of money into marketing and, and I think it's going even, even better than they had originally expected. So that's all great news. I do believe they're starting on season two. Uh, I read that somewhere that, that they have, they have kind of started the creating process and the writing process of season two. When it comes to Steel Horse and myself, I didn't, Brian, I didn't even see this stuff that they had put together <laughs> until it launched. So I was doing interviews uh, one or two before the before the the premiere of Glow or the launch of Glow, and 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 people were asking me questions about the scene. I hadn't even seen it. <laughs> I had knew what I had done that day, but I just didn't know how it fit in the plot and how it came together. So when I did eventually get to sit down and watch it all the way through, I was really happy with, um, with the way the character was placed. I thought it was an important part of the episode. I thought it was a, a, a decently pivotal point in the entire season. And I, and I, I hope he gets an opportunity to come back. You know, I, I certainly had a lot of fun playing the character. Uh, there's some very, very hardworking people over there uh that were a part of glow and that are a part of netflix and uh it was it was really an honor to 
to be a part of that team. So I, I would hope I would get the opportunity to come back. Yeah, we hope we get to see Steel Horse's uh, pr pretty uh, stiff spine buster, or, you know, once again in the future. I, I mean, was, that was, thing was beautiful, wasn't it? That was textbook. That, like, Art Anderson is giving you a thumbs up right now <laughs> just, just uh, watching that. But, you know, a good transitional question here is, it's not apples to apples, but how well does the WWE structure, the, the, the pressure on somebody to improv in the moment, sort of naturally prepare you for the transition to acting? So I think this is such a it's such a great question and such a um, something that I've that I've thought about a lot uh, and certainly thought about a lot after the day was over. Um, the filming, the actual filming of just the stuff that I was involved in took about thirteen or fourteen hours. Took the entire day with lunch and all that stuff. And you know they broke they had a they broke for union lunch and I said what the the hell is that? <laughs> everybody gets everybody has to go to lunch here with the. And I, you know, I, I'm over in the corner going over the lines and going over the lines again. And he, I think the director came out to me and he goes, hey, you have got to go, go over there and take lunch. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it was a long day. And um, it, it was uh, when it comes to WWE, uh, this is what I'll say about WWE. They're brilliant in the way that you have got to be prepared for anything to happen. Um they're the people that go out there, I believe, are, are some of the most talented entertainers in the world because nine times out of ten, you see a talking or a speaking segment on Monday Night Raw with two or three moving parts being three different people or, or what have you. They got that script two minutes before they went out. Wow. Wow. They're, and and no, nobody really – and I didn't know that until – I really got into the because you just don't believe it. You know, this is impossible. Nobody would ever do business like that, and nobody could ever pull that off. But then, as I watched it happen, and then I had it happen to me, um, you you that you will never be put in a more and I'm I'm saying this in a complimentary way, in a more difficult position, and then you you end up learning that it's almost better for their product that it it's just fly by night because it, it makes it more real. It makes it more organic. Uh, it's a live crowd. So if there is a little bit of a mistake, um, you're forced to cover it. it. It's just, it's like Saturday night live. It's, it's a live show and, and you're made to adjust and, uh, that's how they do it. I have never been more scared. Um, and in some of the situations <laughs> that I've been in the WWE, so transitioning to Hollywood in that regard, I'm not going to go into an audition room often and be nervous. I, I, that does not happen because it's very controlled. It's me. I've had an opportunity to read, read the script and read the script and read the script. And it's two people and one of them's holding a camera. So and they're not giving you what chance in response to everything you're saying uh, naturally, right? Unlike yeah. the WWE crowd. Right, right, right. You suck. You suck. You suck. <laughs> and you got to find a way to fight through it. That's not happening. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that, 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 that's, that's a, uh, certainly a plus. Um, the more difficult part is that the camera is, is four inches from your face. And if you are not believing it through, through the back of your brain, everything that you're saying and you're not in the moment, it comes off very, very bad. Sure. Uh, and you're immediately um, exposed. So that that is that is something and I that I needed to adjust to very quickly was I almost there was a couple of times when we were shooting the glow thing where 
they'd say cut and it was it, 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 the director would come to me and Betty and, and give me some adjustments and it would take me you know a couple of minute or 30 seconds to kind of come back to life and realize that I was not because you have to be in the moment right uh, or you're gonna just look glazed over and it's it's, it's gonna be bad and, and that and they were uh, the actresses um, certainly Betty uh, the one I was working with and, uh, and the rest of them, I mean, they are, they're so it's laser focused there for 13 hours and that can be a grind and, and it's very respectable, the work they put in. It's very tiring and, and very, very hard work, um, very hard work. Yeah, no, no question about it. I can only imagine something you said earlier is, you know, you had a lot of success in your WWE run. There's a lot to be happy about, but it could have been a little bit differently. Had the cards played, you know, just a tiny bit differently. Maybe you had some some big title runs, some bigger moments. As a competitive former athlete on a high level, how satisfied overall are you with the the sort of legacy you've left behind, you know, on that run 2007 to 2016 with WWE? Yeah, um you know, when you, when you look at, I came into the WW to FCW with a lot of guys and I thought a lot of guys had a lot of talent. Um, and they never even got close to Monday night raw. So that for that fact, when you think about it that way, I have to be very proud of what I did. Um, I'll also say lasting 10 years in the WWE is, (laughs) I mean, when you're not always in the position that you want to be and the reasons are they're they're not real they're they're it's it's you know we're all we're not we're not cartoon characters but we're fictional characters that are only we only hit it at a Wrigley because it's written that way. right you know it's not like there there was a piece in getting your a, a peace of mind uh, when you got your ass kicked on a football field because you knew the guy was better. That was it. He was done. He was better. Uh, now you either got better or you're not going to play. In the WWE, it's just not your turn because it's not your turn. And there's no answer to it that's ever going to satisfy you. And you have two choices at that point. Either don't show up to work or show up to work in a form that you're not necessarily happy with all the time. And and I'm, uh, you know, those, those, I did go through a couple years there that were that were tough. And I'm proud. I'm proud of myself for sticking it out. And I'm also proud of the work that I did when I was on top. I thought I was I was always very prepared. I was always in the best shape I possibly could be in. I walked in there every day as a guy that could uh, carry the, the WWE title and make that company very proud if he had to. Uh, and, and a guy that was always ready, uh, you know, uh, clear headed and, and ready to do his job the best he could. Uh, so, so that I'm very proud of as well. Now, would I have loved to have been the United States champion? Uh, would I have loved to be in the, 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 the WWE champion? Uh, absolutely. Uh, is it over by any means? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I, I think that, um, I think that I have some stuff going out here that that's gone well. The the glow uh, launch was great. It's it's funny how the show is about wrestling. You know, uh, <laughs> there's another character out there. All right, took another turn without them. You know, which is which I think that's fascinating stuff. I, I don't uh, I don't know of a creative team at this point on the planet that could write a better angle than what my life has become. You know, it's a uh, it's a funny thing. So. I by no means would rule it out. I know they never rule things out. 
uh, over there on their side. So who knows? Maybe maybe I do one day. But for right now, I'm I'm very happy in Hollywood. Well, when you see you know the success of some independent promotions for you know from the success of Ring of Honor, New Japan. I mean, there's <coughs> uh, there's other outlets that aren't on the level of WWE, but they're they're really producing. They really have a strong, dedicated fan base. Do you have uh, you know the motivation to want to do something in wrestling outside of WWE again? I I. I love pro wrestling. I loved it from, it's funny that my father would say the, the only thing more fun on a football field than hitting somebody is getting hit. And it was, it kind of rang true, especially in the WWE. As soon as I learned to bump and, you know, take a tackle and get punched and sell. And it was just a blast. There was nothing better than that. Um, so I, would I, at this point, join another promotion? No, I don't think so. I, I think when, I, when I, I made a promise to myself when I was done with WWE, whenever that was, uh, that that would be that. You know, I would, I, I, would, I would move on and I would get involved in something else. And, and I wanted to try acting very badly, and it's gone, it's gone very well. So uh, I love it out here. I'm, I'm going to be out here. Is, as long as I can be, um, I think I'm going to have a lot of success. And I, uh, nothing against any other promotion. They're, 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 you know, and that's where all the WWE guys are coming from, from now. Sure. You know, they're, they're self-made guys that are now uh, being almost in a way bought up by WWE, and and they're just transferring. You know, Kevin Owens, for example. I mean, they just they bought his brand and from wherever he was and transferred it over, and now are now using the the built brand. Um, so those those promotions and, and those gentlemen deserve a lot of credit. They're uh, they're self-made people. But I'm a I'm a WWE guy. I was made by WWE. And if I ever go back, I'm going to go back to the WWE. How would you describe to somebody who just doesn't get it what that that day to day schedule, the travel, the grind, the demand is like? You know, you said you put 10 years in the WWE. That's different than 10 years. I'm sorry, with with TNA, that's different than 10 years, maybe even in like the NFL. What is that grind, that travel schedule like? Yeah, um, Edge, I believe it was and I could be wrong, but the first WrestleMania I ever went to a part of the company was in Orlando. 2008, WrestleMania 24. Yes. Yeah. Um, where Flair retired. Yes. Yes. Uh, Edge, Edge, I believe, was either doing an induction speech, a Hall of Fame induction speech, that Hall of Fame or very close to after that. And I'll never forget this. And I didn't believe it at the time. And I, I there's a lot of things when I joined the WWE, I wasn't having an easy time believing uh, because you just don't understand it until you put in the grind and the hours and learned their rules and learned what's correct. And it's, it's really is a, it's a different universe. When they say the WWE universe, like this guy, Vince McMahon created his own universe. And unless you're a part of it, you just don't get it. So he gets up there and he says, um, to become the WWE champion, you have to be one of the toughest men on the planet. And I think he said military included, this included, that included. And I kind of gave it the, eh, whatever, you know, I, but there's no truer statement than could ever be said. Uh, it, it is, and I was never the champion, but just to, to do that schedule, there, there was three years, Brian, when I slept in my own bed twice a week 
in my own house for three years with no break. Wow. Wow. Like if you can just wrap your, and it, and it was actually when you, in, when you include overseas tours and, uh, you know, all the other stuff that may or may or may not come, you know, appearances, uh, your action figure is getting made. You need to do two weeks in California. So between your five shows, you're going to be spending the other two days in LA or whatever. Do you whatever. feel like you press pause on your real life during that whole stretch? I mean, do you feel like that's that your 10 years is almost a moment in time separate from the life of Kevin Kiley? No disrespect to the, the women or the couple girls that I was trying to have a relationship with at the time, but I remember not even knowing them when either we, when we broke up or when I got Mason, I think one time I got hurt and I was home for three weeks and I finally got to, you know, I was da I was dating a girl for a year and I got a week off and I got to hang out with her for a week and I had no idea who she was. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know who this is. I didn't know. Do we, I don't, do we like each other? Cause I, don't, cause I just never, I never could be normal. I never saw these people that when I came to Tampa that I would interact with, they, it was just a, it was a passing relationship and the people that I spent the most time with were the people on the road. So, you know, you, you, if you're not on top of things, you get behind in your town, you get behind in everything, your bills, you're, you're living out of a suitcase. So yeah, it's a, it, you know what it does? It may, it keeps you very, a little too immature for a little, a little too long. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think you're playing yourself. Cause if you think about it, you're separated from your real life and then you're in this fake life where you're constantly playing a character, right? I mean, yeah. is there a, a time when you're your real self during that stretch? Yeah, you're sleeping, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think there is. I mean, I think you're, you know, when you're with your family, for sure, when you're on the phone with your your mom or your your dad or your brother, it's it's very it's very hard not to be, uh, you know, Kevin, right, right. You know, Kylie Jr. But it's other than that, yeah, other than that, you, you know, you kind of just – hiding out and then going back on the road or finding some corner where you can, you know, kind of, I, you know, I would, I would try to, if there was a girl enough patient to, to deal with the schedule, I would, I would try to, I would spend as much time I, as I could with her because it was, it was just a way to, to be normal and, and relax and, and get out of the, get out of the, the mess that is that schedule. It is a brutal, brutal, uh, uh, the, the WWE will tax you and test you in physical and emotional, mental ways that no other place on the planet will. Yeah. And that's the absolute truth. Gives you, gives you respect for, for the guys, like you said, that can build 10 years, can build 20 years, can build a, a, a lifetime in, in a career in that. I, I want to get a couple quick hits here on, on some of your biggest moments that I'm curious about. You know, you did get to that mountaintop in terms of being a part of the WrestleMania main event, you know, and you see, yeah. you see whether it's sports entertainers, boxers, any athlete, a lot of times they miss that rush, the, that feeling of the crowd. I have to assume there was no better or, you know, feeling that compared to WrestleMania 27, walking out 2011, main event, Miz versus Cena. What do you sort of remember? How do you sort of describe what that felt like to be a part of that? I remember every detail of that evening and I'll never forget like I, I don't have time to go through it and I, I know you don't have time to go through it but <laughs> I could you know I I remember the morning the afternoon I remember conversations that I had with Mike and John and Rock and I, you know uh the 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 most uh the most surreal moment was I believe you know I know uh, Miz and I did our entrance first there's Pyro 
which I had, you know, that's just craziness there. And uh, 85,000 people, we do the entrance. It's the Georgia Dome. It's WrestleMania. And then there's like a, a pause where the house goes black, uh, which means they'll, they'll kill the cameras for a little bit to reset for, for Cena's entrance. And they'll play something very low, uh, l- low volume wise to kind of just, just hold the crowd's attention on the board, which I could barely hear because the stadium was so big. Uh, in Raw, it's a very tight, it's a basketball arena, so you can hear the board. And in at WrestleMania, it was so far away. And there was this settling, it went from massive chaos to this, almost like this, you're on the top of a, you know, you're, you, it, it, the crowd is very quiet. And you're in the middle of the ring and, and, and there was, I just remember taking that opportunity to look around and I was just like, how, how did I get here? It was the most, cause you don't know, you know, with, with, you never know with the NFL or sports or, but with WWE, you really don't know, you know, the, the, the rules change all the time and you can believe that you had talent, you have talent. And, and I certainly believe that, but then to, I mean, are you kidding me? The, 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 main event of WrestleMania. I mean, the, how many stars that have to align <laughs> for, for somebody to get that opportunity. So I just, and I got the, I just got chills from head to toe and I'm kind of getting it now just, just sitting there and enjoying. And then Cena's entrance started with a DMX, uh, prayer. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I, I still can't put where, I mean, it was, you just, I, it's just a shock wave of energy runs through your, and I, and that, that prayer, the, you know, the way it, the way it played and the way they, they, uh, you know, I, I was always with the WWE. The thing that I loved the most was they do a great job of putting together packages, you know, and editing and producing their, their, their production is unreal. Um, and it's very motivating for a guy that was an athlete or a weightlifter or loves sports and, and loves the story behind sports. So when they're going kind of through his life and the prayers there and it's, you know, it's DMX. And then I, I was just watching that and completely in a dream. Like it was, it was so, so cool. So, uh, so yeah, that, that would have to be the, the, the things that really stuck out to me as, uh, as just, just surreal, unbelievable. You don't even believe they're happening. They're just too big for your mind to comprehend. That, that's you a know, good way to sort of sum it up. How how you even you know how you even take that in when you're walking out there. And I and I went back did a little research and just watched you and the Miz walk out together. I, I couldn't even imagine. But a couple months later, you have another big moment. I I, I looked it up today, May twenty third, two thousand eleven. This maybe doesn't go down in history as a Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, but you turn yeah. on the Miz and that pop massive massive when you did that. I mean, you know, WWE fans they love somebody getting their comeuppance there. How how where does that moment rate for you in, in sort of, uh, you know, when you look back in the feeling? Yeah. The, um, and the, it's funny that moment I, we were, I, again, I wasn't even sure that moment was going to happen. And at one point was positive that it wasn't, there was, the plan was never really to have that happen. It was a guy by the name of the, the plan was to, and I had been pulled away from him and, and I was going to be given a start on SmackDown, which would have been great. But you know, that moment was something I really was, kind of hoping would happen for a long time and a guy by the name of pat patterson when he heard that it wasn't going to happen really stuck up for me backstage so uh thank you pat again um for, for doing that but uh when it all i remember that that day i got there and and wwe is funny in, in the way where you could be on raw and be the 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 
four hours leading up to Raw, they could be kind of going over your stuff, hopefully, and you could be the center of attention leading into the show, or you could be not even spoken to, uh, but still a part of Raw. And I showed up that day, and it was uh, it was my day, you know. And I walked in, and, and I, you know, somebody came right up to me right away, and and I could feel it. And I had a meeting with Vince, and uh, you know, this is the direction that we're going. Are you ready? And uh, you know, and, and and they give you the whole rundown, and they want to know how you're feeling, and and uh, what your ideas are. So, so, uh, so it was it was nerve wracking from the start, exciting, nerve wracking, and then when it happened, the. Um, the the, fun, the the thing about that night is I really I didn't have to carry any dialogue. Uh, I don't know if many people remember. I just really kind of said one or two words and then blasted him. You know, you were throwing him over uh, tables. I mean, this this was intense. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was it was really it was it was, hey, just get you, get out there and be a linebacker. You know, I was just read and reacting at that point. He he really carried the. So there is a there was there was a lot of. The way it was structured helped me out a lot because I didn't have to think about anything. I didn't have to do anything. Just when it's time to kick his ass, kick his ass. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun when I watched it back. Uh, it was it was incredible. I didn't hear the crowd at the time because I was so in just locked in to what I was doing and 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 wanted to just really lose myself and just getting as as angry really angry with him as I possibly could. But when I saw it back, my brother actually called me the next night and it was, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of got a little emotional with it because it was my brother called me and he just said, and he was, he, my brother honestly was never a huge wrestling fan. Uh, he just, it just wasn't his thing and he didn't get it. Um, but I remember him calling me and he goes, I can't believe you were able to do this in this short of amount of time. And, uh, you know, you talked about being a part of WWE, and then three years later, you're you're on the spotlight of Monday Night Raw. So that that was a that was a pretty cool conversation. And uh, you know, the, these things that you're talking about too are, are like I said earlier. I, I just feel lucky because there are moments I'll never forget. No you know, doubt. They're, they're nights and there are moments I'll never forget in my life. And uh, and you know, I don't know. I, I've had a couple of them, and and I think you know, if you're lucky, you get one. And, and I've had two or three, so it's, it's, it's great. Well, one more moment here. You resurface after a run as announcer in 2015 in NXT, and, and it looked like the, the juices are starting to flow again. You're, you're making a run. You get into a feud with Kevin Owens. You call, he pulls you out of the announce desk. I start popping again all over again. I'm like, this guy's making yeah. a comeback here. Soon after that, early 2016, you're out of the company. Do you look back at that NXT run? What, what Was it fun? Was it sort of going through the motions? How do you look back on that? Because there was a little bit of spark. There was some juice there. Well, like like um, a lot of the other, I don't know how to label them, slowdowns maybe or uh, directions that, you know, gone in a different direction or, you know, just not capitalizing on, I, I remember the crowd that night as well. And they were red hot, you know, I, uh, so I don't know. I, I could never answer that question. I never, I never understood it. But when they, when they would come up to me and say, it's not your time, I would say, well, uh, I don't know. I, I believe I was good. I, I really, I thought I had a lot to contribute. I thought I should have been WWE champion and NXT champion, uh, or at least put in, put in that hat to compete for it um, a couple times. And the Kevin Owens thing too, I had, I had really, really pushed for that opportunity because uh, it was, 
it was getting to the end of uh, a contract that I had with them. And I, and I believed I loved being a commentator for sure. It was great. My father was a commentator. He was, he was, he was a good commentator. I spent a lot of time talking to him and, and tried to do the best I could at that, at that position that they had me at. And, and I think I did them, did them proud and did a good job. That being said, I never agreed with that decision. I, I don't know why that they would, they would put me there and not have me in the ring a six foot, you know, four, 240 pound X linebacker that could, I, I just, I, I never understood it. Um, so when I had the opportunity to, to, to come off the desk and, and face Kevin Owens, I was really happy. I was really happy with the way that it went. Um, and then everything after that, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever know. Um, but I'm not alone in the WWE when it comes to things like that. I think it happened. I'm not the first person it's happened to, and I'm certainly not going to be the last person it's happened to. Uh, but I've now, because of the timing of the whole thing, got this this amazing opportunity. So uh, who knows? <laughs> you know, I uh, there's a lot of things that, that happen there that I that I just don't know why they do. Uh, that's just that's I guess that's the that's the best I can do. Well, you think you'll ever sort of open up on uh, you know there's always always teasing that there was more to to sort of the end of your run. Ryback goes on podcast talks about John Cena. Is there a story that you'll one day tell to sort of yeah, yes, I will. Um, for sure. There was a, uh, and I think I did, uh, I did JR's podcast, um, when I first, and I, and I really, I really don't want to get into it now. Um, I got, I'm not in the habit of, you know, taking shots and, and at people's, at other people's careers. Uh, but there was, there was an incident and it, and it affected my career for sure. Uh, but you know, I, I, I do, I do want to talk about it. I will talk about it. I just don't think, I just don't think now's the time. I, I'm very happy with where I am. And, uh, and, uh, but, but yeah, I, I will address it. I will address it. And, and there, there is a, uh, there's something there. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. You're in a good spot now. You're not in the angry ex wrestler role who, who's looking to expose, you know, years yeah. of backstage bullying. It's It's good news time right now for Kevin Colley. Things are on the up and up. You know what I, I do, I, I Brian, I, I struggle with the morality of it. I mean, I've just never been the type of guy to do that. Uh, but on the other side, um, you know, it it is something that main, you know, that I that I feel should be discussed at one point. So uh, that's that's where I'll leave it. All right, all right. Well, the the new series uh, on Netflix is Glow. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I encourage anyone, everyone, to get out there and check it out. On the way out here, Kevin, what what's next for you in acting? What kind of projects do you have lined up? What are we? Looking I got at? A, I got a great um, a role in a great film coming out in 2018 uh, called Glass Jaw. Um, it, it's a, it's a story about a boxer. Um, it's it's a it's really a, a boxing redemption story. Um, they they gave me a decent shot at uh and I kind of play like a, a fight reporter that uh, that does some commentary like uh, like I did in, in WWE. Kevin Owens and, pulling you out from behind the booth. Here we go. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was funny. We're in the middle, middle of filming it. And there is a scene. And then again, I can't give too much away. But there's a scene where, uh, you know, there's there's some stuff going on outside the ring. And I said, well, you know, if you toss him this way, <laughs> I can take care of it for you. Uh, so another one that was that was just a lot of fun to film. Uh, they were very welcoming uh, to me and, and every, really everybody in Hollywood that I've, you know, I've made some great friendships and, and have some great relationships with some of the casting people out here. And uh, uh, just, I'm just having a blast. So so that, that I got that in the works. And then uh, who knows, you know, I, I think I, I believe that Glow uh, will continue just 
kicking ass, and uh, and I expect some other things to come off of that. So I'm here for the long haul, though, and uh, you know, I, I, I there's going to be some big things for sure coming up. Where can fans find you these days on social media? I am at right now. I believe I have just changed. Uh, Kylie Junior WWE on Instagram and Kylie Junior WWE on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to get an official Facebook, but I uh, I was verified by both of those uh, both of those apps or platforms or whatever the kids are saying these days. Uh, a couple <laughs> days ago, so thank you for to both of them. And uh, yeah, Kylie Junior WWE on both. Kevin Kylie, thank you so much for the time. Everybody, get out there and watch Glow. Big things ahead coming for you in the acting career. We appreciate you taking us back down memory lane on, on the run that was Alex Ryan.